Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast for the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I am Tim Robertson, your host of this podcast, and also the coordinator of the training program within the organization. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, the moon, the planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available to the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. The Association of Lunar Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar Planetary Observers also lovingly known as the Australian Astronomer. The Association of Lunar Planetary Observers maintains many individual observing sections and programs devoted to the studies of the solar system bodies and phenomenon. Each is managed by one or more coordinators that collect and study submitted observations. You can visit us on the internet at www.alpo-astronomy.com org. That again, www.alpo-astronomy.org. Now, on to the Observer's Notebook. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Our guest today is Matt Will. He's a Secretary Treasurer of the ALPO. Uh, this is our... Uh, Groundhog Day episode. We've done this one uh, two other times uh, because of poor audio. We're finally doing it again. Hopefully it works out fine. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm doing fine, Tim. How are you doing? I'm really good tonight, yeah. Uh, why don't you give everybody a little background about yourself? Yes, well, uh, my name is Matthew Will, of course, and uh, I, uh, for the last 15 years I've been the ALPO's uh, secretary and treasurer. Um, I was... Uh, became a part of the board in 1998 and uh, actually worked with uh, none other than Tim Robertson on the reviving the training program in 1994. Uh, and so uh, I've been a member of the ALPO since uh, 1973. And so uh, I'm a lifer, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, and, I am too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, it's... Uh, the ALPO has been kind of a central part of my life all these years, either being an observer and dues-paying member or participating more actively in the organization, and these days contributing my services, doing all the non-astronomical stuff that's needed for the, for the organization to keep it legal and going. Now, you said, uh, observe, what type of observing did you do? Well, uh, when I try to get out, I try to do a little bit of lunar observing, uh, although it's, it's been quite a while, I, but I find that to be the most enjoyable form of observing. Uh, but I've also, I also uh, love observing Mars and Saturn, and uh, so uh, 
those are the two planets I'm primarily interested in. Of course, I, uh, I'll bre- drop everything if there's a if there's a bright naked eyed comet coming through. <laughs> I hear you. But uh, in other uh, other events, I enjoy lunar and solar eclipses. Particularly, I'm getting prepared right now for the uh, uh, total solar eclipse for August of 2017, which will be uh, the path of totality. Will be going through my own home area where I grew up in southern Illinois. So it's kind of kind of kind of be an old home week for me. Oh, that's great. Uh, what type of observing equipment do you have? Well. Uh, for many years now, I've been observing with an 8-inch F7 uh, Newtonian reflector. Um, I find the higher uh, F ratio, longer focal lengths, improved contrast from other scopes I've used in the past. And uh, I actually purchased that from the old Starliner Manufacturing oh, Company. Oh, my goodness. No longer around, which gives you an idea of how much of an old timer I am at this. <laughs> but I uh, you know, I, I do uh do visual observing. Uh I I do have a digital SLR. I'm gonna try and make attempts to use that more for just pleasure uh, observing but uh and, and taking uh deep uh, or t- taking whole sky views of the of, of uh the uh the sky. But you know it's it's area so much of amateur astronomy is preparation, preparation, preparation. And you have to put in the time to really uh, understand what you're doing, and, and that's even true for visual observing. So, you know, as I have time, I try to try to expand my horizons. That's good. Uh, how did you get in- involved with the ALPL? Well, it's interesting. Um, I actually uh, I owe a lot of my uh, my interest in, in amateur astronomy to my brother Chris, who was five years older than I am, and he was an amateur astronomer in the 1960s and was an ALPL member back then, and I sort of inherited all of his uh, materials and literature and uh, his back issues of the strolling astronomer and hmm. just became a member at, as I got more interested in amateur astronomy in the early 1970s. Huh. All right, can you give us a little background on the history of the ALPL? Well, the ALPO was formed in 1947 by Walter H. Haas. Uh, Walter was a uh, amateur astronomer who uh, grew up in the, the uh, 1920s and 30s and uh, networked with amateurs across the country and in his own locale also in uh, his home state of Ohio. And what he did is he observed, networked, and eventually started writing papers about what he was observing from a network of observers that he was maintaining in the period of time between the late 1930s and the late 1940s. And the, the correspondence became so terrific that he had to, he thought it would be better to broadcast a lot of the information that he needed to get to observers in between papers through a newsletter or a periodical. And the, the joke on that is that Walter's correspondence only increased as the uh, <laughs> as the uh, journal took off like fire in 1947. Within a few short years, they had almost 400 members in the ALPO by 1953. Oh my goodness! Huh. And he was he, he he lived in New Mexico, right? Yes, uh, Walter moved out to New Mexico after after World War II, and uh, he actually followed his uh, the person that was his graduate advisor at. at uh, Ohio State, where he obtained his master's degree uh, in mathematics, and started t- briefly teaching mathematics out there. But uh, the, actually, had moved to Albuquerque initially, and then moved 
to Las Cruces to pursue a federal and state employment, uh, first with YCAN's missile range in, in southern New Mexico, and then with the uh, New Mexico State University, where he worked for the physical science lab as uh, as a mathematician and in those early days as a computer programmer. Wow, that's that's a, I did not know that. Yeah, that's back in the days when they had vacuum tubes and computers. Yeah, and everything and, was on punch cards. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually went to punch cards, and uh, yeah, he was a Fortran programmer back oh. when it was Fortran one. My goodness! So, so how- he, he, yeah, he his his his, his uh, essentially he he was a computer programmer, but he also used to apply his skills as a mathematician because back in those days, uh, you hired mathematicians to do programming before the computer science degrees. That's very true. How is the ALPS structured? Well, we, we're divided into separate uh, sections. We have observing sections, and we have sections that support our observing sections that we would call special interest sections. Briefly, we're, the best way to explain that is a kind of Walter in the early days couldn't do it all, so he delegated authority to others to manage observing sections and programs. Today we have maybe about 17 different sections, but the, but some of those sections are subdivided into separate observing programs. I think all in total, we may have, if you, depending on how you how you slice it, we may have up to maybe 27 different types of programs. Now the coordinators collect data and analyze it and report report their results in our in our in our journal. The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, otherwise known as the Strolling Astronomer, and that's our main outlet for getting the word out and letting people, informing people about what has gone on with a particular planet uh, during a particular apparition or a particular event, such as the passage of a comet or or a meteor shower or anything else that would be worthy of being reported in the journal. Yeah, yeah, early on in this podcast, we're going to focus on the individual sections. We're getting into some details with the lunar section and things like that, but uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's where our initial focus is. Mm-hmm. Now, how many members do we have? Well, right now, we're, we're, we're closer to 350 members. Uh, over the years, membership has fallen off a little bit, but that's not something I think is purely symptomatic of what's going on with the ALPO, but we see... Lots, lots of membership societies of various sorts and sciences, uh, and a lot of professional societies are losing membership. I think that may be due to the fact that the internet makes free information so available that people are uh, are just simply using what's available, what's free out there in terms of educating themselves about amateur astronomy. And a lot, indeed, a lot of our stuff on our own website is, is free for the taking, but but uh, with the exception of the journal. But I but I would say that uh, uh, at our at our peak in the 1960s, when the space age uh, space program was hot during the space age uh, period, we probably had around the mid 1960s close to. Uh, 860 members, and over the years that has trailed off, but we still have very active observers. Our programs are very productive, and uh, we try to coax people along that participate in our observing programs but are not necessarily not necessarily members to 
certainly join us. Yeah, now, how much does it cost to join the ALPL? Well, it can cost as little as $14. For $14? Someone who's listening to this podcast right now could join the ALPL for only $14. Yes, absolutely right. Uh, All right. You would get, if you're listening you would get, to this podcast, I want you to join the ALPL. The information is on, on the... Uh, the ALPL website. That'll link will be in the show notes. Okay, fourteen bucks. Come on, help us out here. <laughs> yeah, that that gets you the digital journal. Now, if you're interested in receiving the paper journal, uh, then the uh, the actual cost of membership is thirty nine dollars a year for four issues. Uh, uh, I, evidently, digital has advantages that paper doesn't. Uh, the digital version is in color, also. The digital version also has the uh, links, embedded links that you can click on for uh, information, references that, that our, our, uh, our authors and our, our coordinators use. So, uh, and if you're uh, now, we have expanded our, our policy in the, in the ALPO to include anyone who has a paper membership will have access to the digital membership as well. Oh, that's great. Now, does the ALPO have meetings or conventions or something? Well, once a year we have an annual meeting. Uh, most times we'll meet with another group. Other times we have met on our own. Uh, for this year, for example, we're doing something a little different. We're going to be meeting in in Athens, Georgia, with the uh, Georgia Regional Amateur Astronomers. Uh, that is a group of uh, universities, astro- uh, amateur astronomy clubs, Museums, planetariums that have an annual meeting once a year on a weekend in October or November. In this this case, particular case, our uh, meeting will be around uh, October 27th and 28th on a Friday and Saturday. Uh, we will participate with this group having our own uh, paper presentations, and uh, we're hoping to uh, sponsor our own banquet this year also Saturday evening. So uh, this would be a, a great getaway weekend for someone in the fall to go, come down. We generally have our meetings in the summer, but we chose the fall this year on account of the eclipse, mm-hmm. and we're going to have at least a couple of paper presentations on uh, results from our observations of the total solar eclipse. Yeah, we have uh, Mike Reynolds, the uh, director of the ALPO, in an upcoming podcast that's going to give us a very detailed information about the how to observe the total solar eclipse and a lot of information about it. So be looking forward to that coming out in the next month or so. Uh, what are the future plans for the ALPL? Well, you know, I, I, it's difficult to say that anyone would have predicted digital imaging or even the Internet uh, 30, 40 years ago. But uh, I think the one interesting aspect is uh, we have closer and closer uh, relations with uh, professional astronomers and pro-am uh, related uh, 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 projects, uh, just not one-on-one, but also with with the ALPO as a whole and with our individual observing sections. Uh, uh, we have more professionals that are interested actually in our articles in the journal, as well as our archival observational data. And so, if anything, we've probably gotten more of an acceptance over the years with professionals than we ever have. And uh, this is uh, this uh, sh- uh, shows the importance of amateur observation that it does actually aid uh, real science. Uh, uh, and I think that uh, the ALPO, if 
for some time to come is going to be uh, a, uh, a very helpful hand for the professionals that want more observational data to enhance their own professional studies. Okay. I like that. And a few of the sections I've talked to, they've really expressed how professionals have come to them and asked for certain observations to be focused on within an individual section. So there is a lot of, a lot of pro-am coordination going on currently in the, in the association. I like that. Oh, certainly. Is there anything additional you'd like to chat about, the organization or something else on your mind? Well, uh, I just would like to welcome people to join us. Uh, we have a fabulous organization, and uh, we're, we're always uh, expanding. We may not be expanding in members the way we would like, but we're growing in other ways, and our programs have been just as active as they ever have been and well-received. And uh, uh, regardless of whether you're a member or not, you're certainly welcome to help yourself at our website and to uh, uh, see what we have to offer. I think when you go through our website and the materials you have to offer, you'll certainly certainly want to be more plugged into the ALPO, ALPO by, by, uh, by becoming a member and receiving our journal. Yeah, the link for the uh, ALPO is in the show notes for the podcast as well, and also I'll put your contact information. But why don't you tell everybody how they can go to hold of you? Well, uh, there, there, there's one easy way, and that is through my email. Uh, my email address is uh, matt, M-A-T-T dot will at A-L-P-O uh, dash astronomy dot org. And that's a very quick way to get a hold of me. Um, also, if you prefer to correspond by postal mail, uh, our address for our business, uh, for, for Business-related activities like like uh, 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 sending the money in for a membership would be at uh, ALPO PO Box one three four five six Springfield, Illinois, and the zip code on that is six two seven nine one three four five six. Great, and you can also pay online for an ALPO membership on the Astronomical League website rather than give you a a, a long, meaningless <laughs> web address, I would suggest that you once you get on there, just men, go to the online store and you can menu through that to get to the page for ALPO membership purchases. Well, that's great, Matt. I want to thank you again for coming on and, and putting up with uh, technical issues and getting this podcast out there. Well, I hope it, it turns out to be a success, Tim, and, and thank you for, for inviting me. And, uh, and uh, all, I, all I have to say is uh, people are welcome to come on board to the ALPO. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook. I really want to thank our special guest, Matt Will, the Secretary Treasurer of the ALPO, for coming on today. We upload new episodes of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. The link is in the show notes. This podcast is not financially self-sufficient. We depend on the donations from you, our podcast listeners, to keep it alive. You can help donate to this podcast by donating on Patreon. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. Every little bit helps. 
The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is available in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at timrobertson56. You can find the ALPO on the internet at www.alpo-astronomy.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching ALPO Astronomy. The ALPO is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. Until next time, my hope is you always have a clear and steady skies. Thank you for listening.